0: Welcome, Beth, Folk to the Find the Path Podcast, actual play of the Sovereign Court side story.
1: Where the wonderful thing about PCs is that I'm the only one.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba. <laughs> uh, yeah, ah. welcome everyone to... Uh, well, I'm sure that you've already noticed that things are a little bit different. The opening's different, the name of that's different, the number of voices is different.
1: And I suppose the text on the uh, on your favorite podcast tool... It's true.
0: Now interrupting your regularly scheduled programming for this, uh, this brief side story as we have planned here. So... Uh, We at the Find the Path podcasts are always trying to do something new, do something different, do something innovative. And there are a number of stories that tie into the War for the Crown adventure path that while they are not intrinsic to the plot of War for the Crown, I feel like add a great deal of additional flavor to the story. And this is something I'd wanted to do uh, a couple of times with different podcasts before in the past. And oftentimes we're so focused on getting to the next story beat, the next plot that uh, we overlook these side stories and i didn't want to really make that the case with war for the crown because there's so many moving pieces in this story and so we we as a group kind of came together we had a discussion about what would be an interesting way of doing these side stories something different than what we did with the the faded tales and the faded tells with mummy's mask and it hit on this idea of we've done games uh, even recently in war for the crown where it was just jordan and ross
1: yeah, like our A-side, B-side specials.
0: A-side, B-side, breaking up the dynamic. And decided, what about the solo hero? What if we
1: split as much as we could as down to much the singular atom? Without splitting the atom, because that's an explosion.
0: No, I'm not splitting two and three from five. We've decided to go down to, what if we take each player and give them their own individual story? Kind of an almost expanded because uh, we're going to be introducing a few new characters here. I hope everyone's excited for it, because... You know, just as well as I do, that my players are great at coming up with interesting, involved, deep new characters.
1: <laughs> I, am, I am ready to showcase this character that I've had in my back pocket for Good. a while.
0: Whenever I do the opening, whenever I do the first episode of a series, uh, much like War for the Crown, I tend to do small vignettes that focus on an individual character. And instead I thought, well, one of these stories that I want to do, and you'll notice it down in the description, is kind of a spoiler warning for those of you that are part of Pathfinder Society is there are a number of society modules that directly tie into the events of War for the Crown. And one of them that doesn't necessarily directly tie into the uh, the overall events of War for the Crown, but does kind of give you a, a wonderful feel, a, almost like a short story anthology of adventures, is the quest, the collection of quests known as Honor's Echo. And we're going to be doing one of those parts of Honor's Echoes. So it is six Individual quests. I'm going to be doing one with each of our five players, so that is going to be for the next five episodes. You're going to get a different character for each one until they all come together at the end. And in this way, I really want to introduce uh, what we have somewhat referred to uh, in house as the B Team, although I think more accurately I'm describing them as members of the Sovereign Court. And so, for those of you who are Pathfinder Society players, you're probably familiar with the Sovereign Court, but it is a, a semi-secret organization that is not exclusively Pathfinders. And so, uh, we're going to dive into what that means for these characters. Are we ready to get the ball rolling, Jordan?
1: Let's do it! I don't know uh-huh. what I'm
0: doing! Let's We honestly shouldn't have uh, too many incredible side tangents, because... I only have to herd one cat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the weirdest thing where it's like, usually it's like we get like some kind of background, like here's the vibe of the story. And here's the, it was, instead it was like, make a character. You're going to be doing a yeah. quest. And I'm like, okay.
0: Jordan is going into this just as blind as you are, my fellow Path Folk out there. So let's go ahead and jump into this story. All right, let's do it. So let's take a step back in time and set the stage for our story today. In 4692 AR... During the drought known as the Summer Without Rain, eight noble families were called to the palace of Birdsong to meet with the Grand Prince Stavian III. All of you have heard of this. While the heads of House Corsina, Darahan, Denzarni, Fauspar, Heskalar, Kastner, Mariset, and Zespire treated with the Grand Prince, the young scions of these houses entertained the heirs of the royal family. The five teenage lords and ladies that spent their days with the young Princess Eutropia and her schoolmate, Martella Lothied, you're all rather well familiar with by now. I've heard of them. Yeah, Verity (laughs) and Cornelius and Oliver and Gwen and Felix. uh, You've heard a lot of their story thus far and their relationship to the princess and to Martella. However, five younger children bonded with Prince Carius II, heir apparent to the Primogen crown. These children enjoyed their magical summer and then went their own separate ways. Now, the friends of Prince Carius, scions of House, Darahan, Dinzarni, Falspar, Heskalar, and Kastner, had a somewhat more tragic twist to their story. The friends of Prince Carius were devastated when they learned of his death during a riding accident just six years after they began their friendship. The five nobles traveled to Opara and were reunited in mourning of their lost childhood friend and their future ruler. They reconnected that day, swearing to see Prince Carius's dream for a greater Taldor realized. It was that night that they met a mysterious young noblewoman, a woman that, again, you Pathfolk will be familiar with, a younger lady, Gloriana Marilla, scion of a lesser house with grand ideas of nobility, united for a common cause. Together, these six nobles set out to improve not just Taldor but all of the Inner Sea, under the auspices of the Sovereign Court. Our story begins in 4708 AR, 10 years after the death of Prince Carius II, and 10 years before the events that will kick off the War for the Crown. Though Gloriana Marilla has begun at this point to work with the Pathfinder Society in Absalom, it is still years before she will become the head of the Tal'Dor faction, that works within that organization, or expand her secret society of the Sovereign Court to work with the noble ranks of nations across the Inner Sea. However, seeking a new ally in her fight to restore Taldor to its long-lost glory, Lady Marilla has reached out to her friends to aid her, and thus begins Honor's Echo. Oh man! In the aftermath of the Even Tongue conquest and the embarrassing loss of Chiliax, Andoran, Isger, and Galt. The Emperor of Taldor sought scapegoats to bear the shame of his defeat. He stripped numerous noble families of their titles and lands to condemn their failures in the campaign. Most who suffered this punishment faded into obscurity and never rose again. Countess Onaria Alcasti was an influential commander during the campaigns before and immediately following the even-toned conquest. Yet all her skill could not make up for the shortage of supplies, and her career came to an ignoble end. When she dared to critique the crown's strategies, the emperor sentenced her family to life as common people. Ouch. A fate worse than death.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, that's the worst. <laughs> like, please, execute me. Please, I don't want to be a commoner.
0: <laughs> her many times great-grandson... Romario Alcosti only has incomplete references to his ancestors' heroism and title, but he longs to exonerate her name and regain the noble title that he believes he deserves. If he can gather the right evidence and present it in Opara, he is certain that he will succeed. To accomplish this, he needs Lady Marilla's help to follow his leads across Taldor and beyond to uncover the truth and with evidence in hand, to advocate for his ancestors' grand legacy. And so, Gloriana has called in her old friend to help restore the name of House Alcosti, and hopefully gain a new and powerful ally in the process. And Jordan, you have answered the call. <laughs>
1: All right!
0: Willingly or not?
1: Uh, I, I imagine it, for my character, it's always willingly.
0: One would hope so. You're old friends. It's kind of like a friend contacting you, like, Hey, um... I know you're probably busy, but could you help me move this weekend?
1: It's one of those, (laughs) hey buddy, you got a truck, right? And you're just Uh, like, uh, and it's like one of those. Well, you don't have to ask. I know exactly what you need help with: moving,
0: moving something. Fun (laughs) anecdote, little side note here. I warned Jordan before he got his truck because I used to have a truck, and then uh, then that truck got T-boned, and I got I was so tired of people asking me to use my truck or company (laughs) that company asked me to use my truck. I was like, nope, nope, sedan.
1: It is the truck owner's code in America. If you own a truck, you have to help people move. That's just yeah. a thing.
0: We we both uh, we both made long trips between here and Heather's place, uh, hauling IKEA bookcases up to her and all the yep. rest of that stuff. So, it is the requirement. So in this case, however, uh, instead of being asked to to move and being promised a pizza party or something afterwards, uh, you have been <laughs> beer <laughs> and pizza the, again. Beer tradition pizza.
1: demands. It, this is the the modern etiquette of which you know the the. It is true.
0: The, the American gentleman adheres to. <laughs> it is the equivalent of bread and salt.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So let's go ahead and get the ball rolling, shall we? Let's do it. So our story begins with Count Hennessy of House Dinzarni. Oh, it's me. Standing atop the highest hill in the city, Aridin's view is a small district, but one with great cultural importance. Even taking into account that it is at O'Hara, the capital of Taldor, a city full of Tal'Dane touchstones. Arden's view stands above them all. It holds some of the oldest buildings in Taldor, granting the area an immense historical significance. It is also one of the most beautiful sights in Opara, with extravagant gardens filled with rare flowers and other flora, tree-lined avenues, massive villas carefully arranged to take advantage of the breathtaking views the district provides to its privileged few. An enormous blue domed building stands on the hill whose rolling grass-covered slopes are free of the usual hustle and bustle of the capital of the Empire of Tal'Dor. The Basilica of the Last Man is the oldest known temple to Eredin on Galarian, and is one of the very few that remain open.
1: As in like, you can tour through it like we would go through, like, the, you know, the Parthenon, or is this, like...
0: They also do services there.
1: Oh, interesting, okay. Nobody
0: answers, but
1: they yeah, do do services it's there. It's one of those, <laughs> bless us, Ariden, we know you're not really listening, but we believe in you still. <laughs> we're waiting for your comeback tour. It's going to happen any That's day the thing. now, They're we like, promise.
0: He's, he's coming back, and and for those of us that held the faith this whole time, we're going to be rewarded. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And there's a, they're doing the service and there's the tour guides walking through, like, taking their pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and muttering, it's been a hundred years, man. Like, get a hint. <laughs> Let
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is a magnificent structure still, despite its somewhat deteriorated state. It is early morning and a summer breeze plays over the hills and brings with it the distant murmur of the city below waking. A lone figure stands in the shadow of one of the numerous columns that surround the massive structure near the main entrance to the Basilica. Would you like to uh, describe this lone figure, Jordan?
1: I would like to, as I'm assuming this person is Hennessy.
0: No, so, I, the other trick is I'm also <laughs> going to make each of you rotate a character over. So you're actually playing the character just made. Oh, dang. No, it. <laughs> I'm just joking.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I mean, her oh, that would be an extra too, twist. So <laughs> twist. It would be an extra twist. It'd be, the, uh, it'd be Strange Aeons all over again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Round two.
1: Oh, man. Uh, but Hennessy stands at about five uh, eleven and weighs a solid 190 pounds uh, with tan skin and long black hair that uh, has kind of a wavy mass to it that goes down to about his cheekbones. Okay. Um, even here, he seems to just have a small smile on his face, um, and you can see just a hint of shockingly white teeth.
0: Uh, I see. He does fluoride treatments. Yes. Magical fluoride treatments. <laughs> but
1: most especially, and probably what identifies him most as a member of House Denzarni, his eyes are aslante purple. Mm. which is a unique shade of uh, purple for the Aslanti people had that Hauston Zarni is known to covet greatly. Mm. Uh, and his hands, uh, despite being a noble, his hands have uh, calluses and small cuts and faded burns uh, from his uh, profession, which we'll probably get to when it's relevant.
0: So, Hennessy, you stand here. You overlook this breathtaking view of the city of Opara. You've woken up very early to be up here.
1: And that's very unfortunate.
0: Left your family's townhouse this morning before dawn to make your way through the city streets to head up to Arden's View. Fortunately, your family's townhouse is in this district because it is Sweet. the most prestigious. And the Danzarni are nothing if not filthy rich.
1: I mean, so to, to give some background, they run Kazun Prefecture, which is I think it's literally described as the breadbasket of Opara.
0: <laughs> it's true. We have
1: you all the You don't go the there farms. very
0: often, but it's, it's a little too provincial for you to actually have go there. I there. <laughs>
1: As befitting, as befitting my station.
0: It's true. When you decide to leave your playboy mansion in Opara and travel back down to your, your lands, to <laughs> collect your taxes once a quarter. <laughs>
1: yep. I have to fund my adventures.
0: I will warn the audience that we are dealing with uh, another five uh, ridiculous Tal'Day nobles, so we'll see exactly how ridiculous they all are.
1: I've stepped up this time. I'm a count.
0: That's true, yeah. You, you are going up in the world. You yep. can give Oliver a run for his money. But as you stand here, You remember the letter that you received from Lady Marilla informing you of uh, Romario Ocasti's situation, that he is pursuing information on his uh, ancestor, Onaria, to help him justify to the the courts of Taldor why he should be elevated back to the previous rank that his family possessed. And in doing so, potentially give uh, Gloriana a new and powerful ally. As you watch, a carriage pulled by a team of horses bearing across one side of it the symbol of a pegasus on its door rolls to a stop at the foot of the hill. A man exits this carriage and begins the long climb up the numerous flights of stairs to reach the top of this it's hill. It's
1: another building that has 8,000 stairs to they get up flip to They flipping
0: love stairs in this city. Just marble stairs everywhere.
1: They're all about cardio here in the city. No no, getting to the entrance with your, you know, your horse it's and true. carriage for the nobles. You gotta trek like the commoners.
0: It's true. I mean, there is a ramp, but you have to go around to the side to get to the ramp. The man makes his way steadily up to meet you. He's a young man, average height. He has auburn hair that is uh, well-trimmed as well as a well-trimmed and manicured beard kept in kind of the traditional Taldane fashion, this, uh, this close crop beard. Although not a true noble, he does dress the part in this fine red noble attire uh, with a half cape draped over one shoulder and a rapier bouncing jauntily at one hip. I mean,
1: dress for the job
0: you want, right? And there is an element of it. Again, you're you're an experienced uh, traveler, an experienced warrior. Not necessarily in the traditional warrior sense, but you can <laughs> hold your own say, in a fight.
1: Not, not in the, uh, the sword and board uh, style, we shall
0: say. <laughs> I mean, I think you're 3-4 space attack, so I
1: am 3-4 space attack, it's true. Yeah,
0: so I mean you're you're decent. You can tell that he carries his rapier like this is a rapier that has seen use. Probably not in many combat situations, but obviously in the occasional duel. You don't think that he's completely incompetent or it's just a showpiece. As the man takes the last few of the steps at a bit of a jog does that thing where he's walking up to you and he's doing the very controlled breathing because he doesn't want to pant, but you can yep. tell that he's elevated his heart rate going up all these stairs. But
1: I can see the sweat on his brow. He sweat a yeah, little bit. Nobody gets up to the top without sweating. It's impossible.
0: It is a summer morning, so it's uh it's not warm yet, but uh, it will be. Again, that's the rule, going back to the joke from earlier, that is the rule, that if somebody asks you to move, it's inevitably in the summer.
1: Oh, it'll always be in the summer, yes. It's
0: always July or something.
1: Which is why you make sure you get the beer up front.
0: <laughs> sure. So You're make need sure it. you dehydrate yourself before you go out there. <laughs> <laughs> Get the Gatorade up front. That's the trick. The man approaches you, bows at the waist um, before standing back up and extends one hand towards you. My noble lord, I am uh, Romario Alcosti.
1: Hennessy will give him a grin, clap his hand. Mr. Alcosti, a pleasure to meet you.
0: And, of course, you as well. Um, Again, thank you so much for coming. I was very pleased to hear when um, Lady Marilla informed me that I was to have such (laughs) a ghost personage as yourself uh, aiding me in this task.
1: Oh, think nothing of it.
0: Oh, oh, very well. Then uh, I'm glad that you are on board to help me with my noble quest to uh, restore House Alcasti. It gives you that smile, like yeah, there is a double. Yeah, and, and
1: Hennessy does that. Yeah. I see what you did yeah. there, buddy. You do finger
0: guns at each other real quick. <laughs> um, so I suppose we should get uh, get underway. I apologize for the uh, the secrecy or, or any confusion that I've caused by my quest. No, request. no,
1: perfectly, perfectly understandable. We are, um, after all, going to be doing some investigations.
0: Yes, of a sort. And this will be a little bit less of a, an investigation directly, and more of a, uh, how would you say? A negotiation. Hmm. Negotiating with who? He gestures towards the uh, the building behind you. Well, let me give you a little background as we walk. Very well. Lead on. He turns, begins to make his way towards the front entrance to the building. Pitches down a little bit as you begin to uh, make your way between the columns and start heading up towards the grand, these massive thirty foot high doors that lead into the structure proper. So, you know, of course, that I am looking to restore the honor of my ancestor. Yes. Early in her military career, my ancestor, Anaria, received knightly honors from the Church of Eredin, in this very sanctified hall. Although Eredin's blessing may not seem, may uh, he pitches a little lower as you walk inside and, uh, you know, your footsteps start to carry down the marble halls as you enter into the temple. Uh, While well, they don't exactly carry the same great honor that they once did, it was a tremendous prize before eridans untimely uh, passing. Um, it was particularly a grand honor for a woman of only 26 winters, as she was at the time, to be uh, sanctified and uh, knighted again, as it were, into a separate order when she was... Uh, returned back after her excursions in the north. I believe she was fighting something, someone, in the Verdun forest. I'm still looking into that matter, but uh, that's no concern here. When she was knighted, she was gifted with a magical sword, um, and a bronze bust was made to commemorate the occasion. The sword is no longer an opara. I'm still following up on it. Um, it's, a, it's a matter of no concern to our, our actions today something else I'll address with Lady Marilla, and perhaps uh, you or someone else will be able to aid me in in retrieving that. Um, However, the bust still rests in the vaults below the Basilica of the Last Man here. I have requested that it be returned to me on multiple occasions, Uh, but the curator just won't listen to reason. Father Bassery, the high priest of the temple, wrote to me yesterday, said that Brother... Vasilicus would like to speak to me in person i wrote to you and of course that is the reason for the short notice of uh, of your coming to me but uh, lady marilla um, well i wrote to her and i believe she sent a message to you as both of you are in town and it would appear that you are uh, here and available so thank you again for coming on such short notice
1: yes of course now did they give any reason why they're not uh, giving you what you desire
0: well, technically speaking, when my family were stripped of their lands and titles, they were also stripped of any honors. Uh, as such, I don't actually have a claim to the bust. However, it is just collecting dust. And um, obviously, he kind of glances around almost like comedically, you know, as you're walking along, reaches out, puts one fingertip on uh, this rail as he's walking along, kind of drags it along. You know, does that like rub his finger of like a little bit of dust. Obviously, the temple is not uh, receiving the same donations as it once did um, or the same care. And while I may not possess a noble title, I am. How, w- how would the common people put it? He kind of glances off.
1: As Hennessy notes, the as the common people would because I'm not part of them, even though I'm part of them. <laughs> uh huh. I see what you're doing there.
0: Um, I'm filthy rich. So, I have offered to purchase it from them. Unfortunately, they seem to uh, be somewhat reticent, at the very least the curator is, in negotiating a price with me.
1: Well, maybe we turn that into, uh, instead of a purchase of this particular item, a donation and a gift.
0: Perhaps. I have worked in the bureaucracy of Opara for many a year. um, But I'm not really accustomed to dealing with Aridonites, at the very least, or priests in general. So uh, I reached out and I was informed that, uh, well, obviously a man of your station, your name alone carries a great deal of weight. And uh, again, I was uh, led to believe that you're a man about town.
1: <laughs> I do have a particular reputation for um, socialization. Billionaire Playboy? <laughs> I, I am Bruce Wayne or Tony Stark, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic then.
1: Probably more Tony Stark. <laughs> I'm not much for philanthropy, really.
0: I'm not much for philanthropy or dressing up in a bat costume.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Also, my parents aren't dead. I Actually, I don't know if that's the case. Uh, my
1: parents are not dead. so
0: Yeah. Also, my parents are my, alive. My,
1: so. my mother runs the uh, the family. So. Uh,
0: so, yes. Again, I was simply hoping that you would be able to convince the uh, or aid me in convincing the brother to relinquish the bus to me. It would go a long way towards proving the noble accomplishments of my ancestor once I have my day in court.
1: Well, then I suppose let's have this conversation and see what we can do, shall we?
0: I like the way you think, my good lord.
1: As uh, Jordan the player goes, I did max ranks in diplomacy. Thank goodness.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, I imagine you'd have something that's like, I'm either going to show up and be very, very charming or very, very intimidating or lie to them. I mean, usually you've got was, one of the three. I
1: was going to say, I did take the uh, the same uh, background trait, uh, clever wordplay, so that I can use my intelligence that Cornelius also has oh, for his nice. diplomacy. Because I was like, I need mit- much diplomacy because talk way out of things good.
0: <laughs> so you make your way down the hallways, navigate through the back halls of this structure. On more than one occasion, you have to stop. You can kind of tell that, uh, one, you haven't really been here before. Two, Romario hasn't really been here before. And honestly, he doesn't seem to have very much of a sense of direction.
1: Oh, no. All right. Um, so well, in that case. You don't need to
0: make any checks. You can just find some people to stop and ask for directions. I was,
1: I was going to say, in, in what the audience may not know, but would be typical Hennessy fashion, he just begins chatting up people until he can find a lay priest who can get him to the uh, <laughs> the high priest.
0: I thought you were gonna say what the audience doesn't know is I have max ranks in survival.
1: I, I, I do, do c- have uh, wh- I do have uh, three ranks in survival actually. So.
0: Oh wow well.
1: it's actually I'm actually fairly good outside
0: as you navigate the halls, you eventually arrive at a door located in an out of the way portion. Again, there are not a great deal of windows inside. and while there are ever burnt burning torches, a a number of them have either been moved to other areas or removed entirely and as such there are a lot of like walking in dim light between uh long hallways some hallways entirely abandoned it gives you a uh i don't know if this is actually something that uh that jordan the player can really connect to maybe some of our audience can but if you've ever been in the back halls of a uh an office building like down in the loading area or if you've ever been into the back corridors of a mall like if you've worked on a oh mall, yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of that like wow everything here is really quiet and empty
1: it is it is starkly different than than the main thoroughfare like I, funny enough my experience with that is actually the back of an air like back uh, behind the scenes of an airport um, oh where, yeah, yeah i is, imagine it is very very quiet it's creepy
0: yeah so it's kind of that, uh, I can't remember what's that urban, um, that new kind of urban myth thing that was uh, people glitching out of existence and ending up in the back hallways or corridors or whatever it is. Uh, Ross showed me a whole video on it. It was very interesting. I,
1: I have never heard of this.
0: Yeah, it was. it's like a creepypasta thing. Yeah. yeah. But you eventually arrive at a door that bears a simple bronze plaque on it, denoting it as a reliquary. On it, you also see the uh, name of Brother Valicus.
1: Okay, I was going to say it's just it's just they take us to the reliquary and they're like, you clearly want to go here. And it's like, I never said that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is this place? What's going on?
1: Uh, So I suppose Hennessey will uh, go give a polite knock.
0: Yes, I will let you uh, to take point in this matter, if you don't mind. Um, I'm not particularly uh, skilled at this part of the negotiation process. Not a problem. I'll I'll... Uh, at the very least not when money doesn't uh, doesn't get me where I need to be.
1: I'll just state your case. Um, Any limitations on um, what we might offer them?
0: I would like to keep it fairly reasonable. Um, I would say, I think anything over 10,000 would be extreme. Very well. After a moment, the door opens. Uh, You are greeted by a very short man. A man made much shorter by uh, stoop and age. Uh, A somewhat rotund man wearing a simple gray robe around his neck, almost seemingly judging by his kind of stoop, almost seemingly dragging him down, is a large gold chain with a gold eye of Aridin emblazoned on the front of it. The man's head is nearly completely bald, with just a few tufts on either side of his head, but nothing on the back. So just kind of uh, this fringe right around his ears, uh, wears a pair of spectacles.
1: As Hennessey just goes, the man needs to just uh, accept fate and just shave that all off. Go full bald. <laughs>
0: Takes too much time to go and shave. Uh, he glances up towards uh, towards you as well as uh, over towards... How tall is Tennessee? Hennessey?
1: Hennessey. Uh, 5'11".
0: So he glances up towards you, um, over towards Romario. Uh, I was expecting uh, Mr. Alcosti. Uh, I was not expecting a second guest.
1: Yes, uh, pardon my sudden appearance. I am Count Hennessey of House zarni Mr. Alkasti has uh, engaged me to represent him
0: in these uh, discussions. Uh, House Danzarni. Oh, um, uh, yes, please come in. Um, oh, this will be even more awkward. He gestures for you to come inside. Entering into the room, as I imagine you're wont to do. Oh, yes. The chamber beyond is one part artistic restoration. And one part hoarder's closet. <laughs> <laughs> it is just nothing but shelves of this various these various items ranging from, you think, extraordinarily expensive, to I'm not sure why there's a rock on this shelf or what the importance of this rock
1: is. Do you is. know that this rock was used to fell a giant with a slingshot? <laughs> it's true. Maybe I mean who knows, right?
0: However, every single thing in here is uh, is organized. There's a thin layer of dust, not in a constant state of uh, poor upkeep. It would be much thicker if that were the case. But more in that, like you can tell that there's probably a monthly rotation where it's just like this shelf gets dusted. And then because there are so many of them in here and there's apparently one just very old man trying to keep up with all of it. It's probably like every shelf is on like a four or five month rotation.
1: Yikes. This guy needs help and maybe to retire.
0: <laughs> the shelves stretch from here up to the ceiling of this room, which is some 20 feet high. Um, and a iron rail runs around the outside of the room, uh, upon which is attached a ladder. Again, you can't imagine this man climbing a uh, ladder.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, if, if he's literally being war- like drawn down by the weight of his holy symbol, that does not speak well to his uh, overall health.
0: The man gestures you forward. Uh, so, um, here, here's—I I believe, of course—you've came here for the, uh, yes, the bust. I've—I've uh, I've contacted you on numerous occasions pertaining towards uh, securing the bust of uh, Onaria Alkasti, my ancestor. Uh, yes. So, it w- would appear, yesterday, um, there was a—his hands fidget—a uh, break-in oh, and to be a number me. of. Items have gone missing. Um, I, I informed the high priest and, and he insisted, considering your interest in it and connection to the fact A break in. I'll cost these steps forward. You're telling me that I've been contacting you for months now, and you've been so concerned about this item. He almost reaches out to push the old man. Hennessy will pull this- up,
1: put a hand on his shoulder.
0: I apologize, my lord, but this level of carelessness is unthinkable. It is not something that has happened commonly. Uh, well, we we are investigating it, but uh, since you did express interest, we wanted to extend the offer uh, of of recompense to you. But we wanted to make you informed that uh, that it is no longer in your otherwise pointless care. you can tell, like, his face is remaining regular, but his ears have flushed to this beat red as about he turns and begins to pace back <laughs> to the far side of the room.
1: Well, now, there's no use crying over spilled wine. At this moment, Anger is unfortunately not <laughs> going to be able to uh, rectify the situation. So I do suppose that you keep an inventory of all of the items and thus know what items were taken.
0: Yes, everything here is tagged, and uh, I had some assistance yesterday in ascertaining specifically what is uh, is missing. It was a, a dozen items, uh, various relics, trinkets. I, I do, I, I swear, I left the relics unattended only for a few minutes, and I must have forgotten to lock the door back behind me. This so,
1: guy needs to retire. Uh, he needs to be able to enjoy uh, his his senior years, right?
0: Uh, this is, this is, we don't have Social Security in Tal'Dor. It is a, it's uh, a very dysfunctional government.
1: And he also works for the poorest church in town. Like, ah, uh, he's just doing it for passion, man. He just he just loves his job, man.
0: We used to have phenomenal health benefits when there was still divine magic.
1: <laughs> oh, <that's laughs>
0: those sad. Halcyon days are gone.
1: Ah, uh, yep. It's, it's a pain, because when, uh, when you cut yourself, you have to go walk, you know, 10 blocks <laughs> down to the next temple over. Excuse me, can I borrow some healing? I'm bleeding.
0: It takes me two hours to navigate those stairs.
1: <sighs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems to me, then, that our course of action should be um, righting this injustice that has been done to the church. The recovery of Uh, these items would be, of course, good to you, mister Alcasti, but also good for the church. Absolutely. Since I imagine they're of incalculable value.
0: Uh, uh, Many of them are are priceless in in that they do not have a value, uh, but their religious and cultural significance cannot be understated. But a common thief would have no idea of their true worth. uh, Likely. Hmm.
1: Alright, so should we, I'll 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 glance over at Alkosti and just use the royal we even though it definitely is like, I don't expect him to kind of help me Should (laughs) we recover these items for the church? I would imagine that might uh, make negotiations a bit easier
0: uh, Yes, absolutely I I, have spoken with the high priest and um, he said that he is uh, amiable as far as uh, Making an arrangement or uh, for a donation for this object, but um, there are again a number of objects missing, and we would be happy to uh, uh, take the, your, your services into consideration if you're offering to assist us. Uh, Count. He b- makes an incline of his head that you think is the best bow he can manage. Oh, gosh.
1: Ah, oh, this guy. He's just breaking my heart. Well, yes, of course. And to be honest, this is a service not just for the church. This is historical items for Taldor. And uh, any thieves for, for them have offended, obviously, all of us. Uh, offended Aroden himself? Of course. So yes, I will recover these items for you.
0: Oh, uh, again, I, I cannot thank you enough. Um, uh, I do have the records here, and um, if you want to do some uh, some investigation and such, you may. Ocasti nods. Well, I am not um, particularly skilled at the investigative arts, but he he kind of reaches down and pats a, a very large, like bulging coin purse. God. I can't see what uh, anyone around here has any idea of what's <laughs> happened.
1: He goes and just uh, you know passes out gold pieces. Have you seen this? Here's this flyer. <laughs> take a, take a flyer and a gold piece.
0: Yep, yeah, Mario will uh, will make his way off as as uh, as the adventurer states, uh, busy bribing acolytes to share information with him. Oh my gosh, this guy. <laughs> So first off, again, everything in here is tagged and cataloged. And so it's rather easy to determine what is missing. Uh, you may make it a praise check, if you so wish.
1: Okay. I think I have some some appraise. All right. I have rolled a perfect 20 for Ooh, a 27. That's a good start for this. <laughs> it's all downhill from here, folks.
0: All right. So first off, you can tell immediately looking over this, a uh, masterfully deducing the various price, the value of the things in here. And you're just like, they stole a bronze bust. And as you're looking at these other things, it's just like this painting that was a shelf over from that bronze bust. It's like this is worth 10, 15 times more. Some of these items in here, you're just like this, this tool, which doesn't look impressive, is easily worth three or four times its value just based on its significance. As you look over these items, everything that was stolen appears to have been some sort of metal relic, almost as if they were literally just going for the shiniest objects literally shiniest objects that they could find.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Whomever made this theft obviously had no idea of the actual value of the items in here.
1: So either they're going to melt it down or they have an obsession with shiny objects.
0: So you have a couple of options here. Again, the Basilica here is not very busy. Obviously not as busy as it was before the death of Ariden. At one point you imagine that there were probably hundreds of people um, inside of this building at any given hour. However, now, as stated previously, most of its halls are long, empty. Its side rooms are blanketed in dust. Um, So you have a few options. You can, of course, attempt to do uh, much as Romario is doing. You don't have to throw money around, but you could make a diplomacy check to go around, gather some information, see if anyone has uh, learned or saw anything. You could also feasibly make a survival check. There is a fair amount of dust. Somebody Mm. might have left some tracks. Um, I'll also allow knowledge religion if you have it.
1: I do have knowledge religion. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's two perfect 20s.
0: Ah, ah, ah. Are you sure you Something's don't want to retire wrong. Cornelius ah. and bring this guy?
1: Ah, I don't like it. I'm using them all too early.
0: Maybe that's been your problem this entire time. It's everyone else. i
1: weighed down by companions. I should be a solo adventurer. It's true. You I should Conan do this solo, the this one-on-one
0: play. So perfect 20 for 25 there. Gracious. That does succeed.
1: I mean, good gosh, I hope so.
0: So, a commonly underestimated aspect of the faith of Aroden, Aroden and the Arodenites, by extension, were a very secretive people. Their rites, their rituals, Aroden's own pursuit of magic, they tended to be a very clandestine faith. Even though they were so, you're sitting here in the biggest temple in the entirety of the city, on the tallest hill in the entirety of the city, this, you know, basilica standing, towering over the capital of Opara, it is very common for Temples of Araden to have tunnels and sub-basements, even secret passages that riddle the structure.
1: Yeah, that's what I was afraid of, because I, I, I'm i feeling non-humans might have taken this.
0: Actually, with your check being as high as it is, uh, even a cursory glance around, you're fairly certain that there is a secret passage, probably somewhere in this chamber. It's quite possible that the old man didn't forget to lock the door. They might've just not gone through the door. <sighs>
1: Crud. Yeah. So it's somebody who knew about the secret passages. Yeah. Kobolds like shiny things, right?
0: Kobolds, goblins. Yeah.
1: any number of people. Yeah. People who just don't know the value of historical relics and only see the the melt value.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is true. You do have to look at the, as a numismatist, I can tell you that you do have to look at the premium of a coin as opposed to just its melt value.
1: Look at me using terms like melt value. You're rubbing off on me. That
0: is the proper terminology, melt value. I know.
1: I know. I listen to you.
0: <laughs> You're looking for the AGW, the actual gold weight, as opposed to uh, it's uh, the weight of other materials.
1: Yep. Uh, so okay, I guess I'll make a perception. I guess a perception check to look for this secret entrance. Yeah. I am growing increasingly concerned with how well I'm rolling. <laughs> um, that is an 18 for a 25.
0: <laughs> this may be a very short adventure. <laughs> this,
1: this, ah, I, I'm not used to doing well. I don't know what to do with it.
0: You search around fairly quickly. You know, you ascertain the value of this. You kind of consider you're like, I do know that temples of Eridan, they do often have these secret tunnels, these secret passages. You wander around the side here and eventually you pause as you notice a faint disturbance in the dust and realize that it seems to have almost ballooned out again. The shelves, as previously described, the shelves close to like waist level and up are about 12 to 14 inches apart so kind of standard bookshelf height. Down towards the bottom, though, they are uh, spaced out wider for larger relics or items. As you lean down, you can see that someone, probably ignorant of its existence, just put a shelf up in front of a secret door. Ah. Um, Reaching back there, you can easily find the uh, the release for it. And pushing that open, see that someone could, on hands and knees, have just opened this up and then crawled crawl through, through the lower shelves and uh, wiggled their way into the room.
1: Wow. Oh, that's unfortunate.
0: You have a second to take this in before um, Alcasti comes in. Takes a moment to breathe the old man again before making his way uh, over towards you. (sighs)
1: He's got to lay off the old man, man. It's not his (laughs) fault. Clearly. Do you see the secret passage? All right. I have to do something about this.
0: Oh, well. Oh. Oh. What have we found here?
1: Well, now we have found, I believe, the method of ingress into this room. Brother, I do not believe that you have made any mistake whatsoever. I believe our thief came in through a secret passage that is in this room.
0: Uh, a, a secret passage. Oh, well, that that would make some degree of sense. Uh, there are a, a, a number of them. I use one to get from my cell to the restroom. It's much faster than the hallway.
1: Hennessy just has that moment where he pauses, and if this was the office, he'd be looking at the camera like, what did I just hear?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, what? As, as he said, they're like, I'm gonna have to be extra cautious while I'm in the bathroom here. Apparently. I know, Someone's, right?
1: Like, wait, wait a minute. Is this like... Is this like to a... Uh, this is to a personal bathroom, right? This is. This
0: <laughs> Someone's is to gonna the... Agent Forty Seven me out of this. I know, passage. right? I'm like, um,
1: um, do I need to be looking into up into the vents to see? Like, how are <laughs> you doing, this, sir? Uh, uh, but, uh,
0: yes, it would seem that you have located one of the the secret tunnels, Romario. Nods. Oh, yes, I did manage to find a. Uh, a young man that may have provided me with some information as well.
1: Anyone who knew about the secret passages?
0: Well, no, he didn't know anything about the secret passage. But he said that he'd seen something curious in recent days. I asked him if he saw anyone uh, heading in the direction of this room. He said no. But a young man named Bastian. apparently he was supposed to be polishing the Basilica's pews, but was uh, laying down for a nap the other day, and uh, just before he fell asleep, he said he saw a hunched figure, very small, perhaps a halfling, uh, moving through the halls.
1: I hate that I'm right. I I hate that I think I'm right, and it was a kobold.
0: (laughs) Perhaps we're looking for some halfling thief or another. I understand that the uh, Brotherhood of Silence employs many.
1: Well, actually, yes, and the Brotherhood has been known to steal many a thing uh, for the right buyer, but these thefts appear to have been Random, metallic objects.
0: Oh. Oh. I do hope, my lord, you're not saying that it's possible they're planning on melting down the bust of my ancestor.
1: I certainly hope not, but I do believe our thief did not realize the value of what they took. No appreciation for history, you see. Only appreciation for, um, shall we say shiny objects.
0: I see. Well then, I think we should pursue them as quickly as possible. We can't let them get very far. Exactly. And they're already a day ahead of us.
1: Yes, so I believe we should be taking the secret passage to see where it leads.
0: Oh uh, well, then. He glances around, walks to the far side of the room, pulls a uh, a torch out of the sconce. I'll be borrowing this. I'm certain you won't notice its absence. And the old man just <laughs> kind of hangs his head. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna make another note here. Very good, sir. Uh, the more time that passes, the more he becomes the butler from the Tomb Raider game.
1: <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you will lock him in the freezer.
1: My my gr- my uh, my growing list of of uh, notes here is not very favorable to Mister Alcasti. <laughs> yeah. Gracious. Okay. So I suppose uh, we'll we'll go down. I guess I'm going to take the lead um, and have uh, my torchbearer behind me.
0: Yeah. So uh, with very little effort, you can kind of crouch down here, crawl on hands and knees. It's not necessarily dignified, but it gets you to the other side, and then uh, follow this passage ahead.
1: Rowing full Phantom of the Opera here.
0: You make your way forward uh, quickly down this corridor. Again, there are no lights here uh, as you make your way to the end of the passage, although, fortunately, with uh, Alcosti behind you, Romario, you're able to see relatively well. You eventually reach a set of stairs that descend into darkness. Reaching these and taking them down, you step beneath the Basilica of the Last Man. The tunnels here have obviously seen even less traffic than the halls above. However, there has been some traffic, as you can see a disturbance in the dust, both coming and going from the previous chamber, descending down the stairs to uh, whatever waits below. Eventually though, you reach the uh, bottom of these stairs, as I imagine you're wont to do, and find yourself uh, exiting into a, a relatively good sized chamber. So maybe 20 to 30 feet across, Uh, The ceilings in here vault up to a height of some almost 11 feet. And the walls here are lined with various prayers as well as relief carvings to the faith of Aroden. Two torch braziers sit on the far side of the room and provide a fair amount of illumination. Between the two on the wall opposite of the stairs that you've come down is a large symbol of the faith of Aroden. The eye of Aroden staring directly at you. And as you step forward, you can see that there are two exits from the chamber, one off towards your left and one off towards your right.
1: Are these torches lit?
0: Yes. They are not producing any smoke or heat, so you believe ah. that they're a magical object.
1: Well, thankfully, we won't need the torch here.
0: Yes. we would have known that this was all down beneath the ground here?
1: Followers of Aroden were known for their secret practices, including the building of secret tunnels and exits.
0: It would seem that uh, you are as uh, wise as you are well-bred, sir.
1: You would be amazed at the things
0: that you can learn in a bar. Oh, I will have to take your word on that.
1: All right. Uh, Hennessy will uh, pull out a uh, gold piece. Heads, we go left. Tails, we go right.
0: Um, I can't argue with that logic.
1: All right. Tails, we go right.
0: Very well. So you pull out a gold piece, you flip that in the air, you grab it, slap it on. I don't know if he grabs it and checks it or slaps it on the back of his hand and checks it.
1: Uh, he's definitely going to grab it and check it.
0: Fair enough. And I suppose turn and begin to make your way down the passage to your right hand.
1: Yep, because I have no reason to know which way to go, so why not leave it up to chance?
0: I do appreciate that approach to your character, as opposed to making a perception check or a survival check or anything like that to look for, like, signs (laughs) or (laughs) tracks in the dust. Just like, like, nah, it'll probably all lead the same place. What's the worst that could happen?
1: Well, best case it leads to a dead end and we turn around and go the other way. It's fine.
0: (laughs) You turn and begin to make your way down the passage off towards your right hand. The floor is dusty, cobwebs cling to some of the corners of these passages. Uh, Again, the light from these braziers flickers over the surrounding walls and gives this disconcerting feeling of, again, for lack of an easier term, walking in the halls of the dead as you turn and begin to make your way down this passage. The walls are curiously slanted outwards in that the floor itself, the hallway is about 10 feet wide. However, the ceiling's about 12 feet wide, and the walls slant out at an angle and then are covered with these various runes, these writings. A the vast majority of this is in the Celestial Tongue, which I don't know if you speak.
1: No. <laughs> no. No, I do not.
0: However, navigating your way forward, you reach the end of this hall where it branches off towards the right-hand side. The passage becomes somewhat larger, stretching away for some distance ahead. The passage widens up to about 15 feet across. The floor here, the tiles are cracked in places and broken up, and sometimes when you step on one, there's obviously been a settling that happens where it's that stone tile that shifts beneath your feet just a little bit. Um, enough to give you that momentary start. Great. They're otherwise in this rotating pattern of marble white, and then this rose-hued marble. Romerio keeps uh, behind you Although he has drawn his rapier in his offhand now, so you know, rapier in one hand and torch in the other. Oh, I've never had to deal with thieves and vagabonds before. Is there anything that I should know? You, you seem like you've dealt with the more rakish sorts in your time, my lord.
1: Well, you find all kinds in a bar. The important thing about most thieves is not really that they're greedy. They're doing it for out of some need to survive. So there is something they think they need this bust for, whether it's to turn it into coin to buy bread or, well, something else, depending. If my theory is holding that they're not humans, then I'm not exactly sure why they took it.
0: Well, in my experience, the only real thing that you need to survive is money.
1: Money does solve many of the world's problems.
0: It's true.
1: Uh, So I suppose I will continue. you can't eat money. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't (laughs) eat money. You can't eat the bronze bust that you stole.
0: U-turn begin to make your way down this passage. Ahead of you, you can see a curious sight. Standing towards the center of the room is a large, what appears to be square column. Although column isn't necessarily the proper term, you think. As it looks to be about 10 feet across and is covered in complex runes and writing. And various rectangular plaques across the face of it. As you get a little bit closer towards it, you realize that these are not plaques in the traditional sense, this appears to be not load-bearing, and in fact you think is filled with burial niches, still sealed with stone and metal. Judging by the uh, large runes that you can see written on it, again, in the Celestial Tongue, you think that these are probably the names and accomplishments of the uh, occupants of said niche. Okay, well... Beyond this, you can see that the passageway continues for some distance. Basically around the side of this column, you can see that it continues further into another room up ahead where you can see a flickering light, just at the edge of your vision between where the hallway is and the uh, column in the center. And as you begin to approach the first corner that leads into this open area, you think maybe some 30 feet at a side. You think you can see that there's another exiting passage off towards the right-hand side. It looks like these tombs may be relatively complicated. Although exactly how large it is, you can't quite be certain. Not as straightforward as perhaps you were initially um, anticipating, and again, it does appear that these are not just tunnels, but actually some form of burial crypt.
1: Hmm. Well, I believe we have found, well, the internment of some individuals, I imagine high members of the church or important individuals. Unfortunately, they don't seem to be following a very straightforward design. That's unfortunate for us, so we will just have to wander, I suppose, until we find the exit or our quarry.
0: Well, lead on, my good brave sir.
1: All right. I'm going to, I guess, go up to this first column. Oh, gosh, man. This place is really, yeah.
0: Jeez. Yep. Um, As uh, you go- approach oh, the no. corner, oh what no. make me a perception roll?
1: Oh, is it for traps? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: not a rogue, but is it for traps? Just
1: for my own edification.
0: <laughs> I was about to be very surprised if you somehow had trap spotter.
1: <laughs> that would have been funny, wouldn't it? Um, I roll an 11 for an 18.
0: You step forward. You reach the, the corner, basically, where there's this uh, the column off towards your side. And unfortunately, even as you reach it to begin to turn, as stated previously, there's the torch sconce. Uh, there's the brazier ahead um, on one side of the column and then the brazier behind you. And then off towards the side, you can see that there's another brazier down this second passage. However, as you round the corner, there's an area, this corner here, of almost pitch darkness outside of the line of either the the torches on the far side blocked by the central column uh, or the brazier far behind you just as you round the corner you don't see anything but you almost hear this rustling coming from that shadow off towards your side and you hear this straining sound that immediately triggers in your mind your time spent on on horseback or out in the, uh, the wilderness out enjoying the hunt that tensing sound of the string of a crossbow. Yep. pulled taunt ratcheted into place. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and get initiative uh, from the party.
1: The party of one! The party well, of one. I mean I'm Mario too, I guess, but the Mario's party also, also here.
0: <laughs> so, cue up a little sirenscape here. Sirenscape. All by yourself.
1: All by myself. Gonna get crossbowed. <laughs> I'll buy myself for Mario. Drag me back up.
0: All right. And uh, Mr. Jordan Jenkins, what did we get for uh, Hennessy Denzarni?
1: Hennessy rolls a 14 for a 16.
0: Okay. Or Mario gets a 7 for a 12.
1: Great. Just great.
0: So let's go ahead and begin combat. There will be a surprise attack round.
1: Well, the good news is I should have detected
0: you will, in fact, get to act in the surprise attack hey. round. Uh, Romario, however, will not. Oh. <laughs> he was not paying as much attention as you are. So, Count Hennessy, you get first initiative. Hmm. Do
1: I want to be? Uh, oh no, I don't want to do that because then I'll have to stand up again. Uh, I was going to say, and Hennessy drops prone plus four AC. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> uh, no, I will. Um,
0: he charges you and hits you with his attack.
1: Assuming this guy's kobold. You know what? I'll be. I'll be partially cheeky. Um. Hennessy will uh, take a move action to hide behind the pillar away from this man. Okay. Um, I will draw my, you know, I'll draw my cross, or, or draw my dagger. All
0: right, so you fall back, pulling your dagger free, pressing your back against the wall as you kind of take cover. Takes us from Hennessy uh, to your attacker.
1: Come on, move into the light, jerk.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, who will go ahead and just go ahead and take that shot. Why not? It's a plus four to your AC, but he'll go ahead and try that shot. Okay. Uh, So levels that crossbow and uh, let's fire. Oh, that's probably not going to do it. In fact, I can guarantee that's not going to do it. Uh, That is a 16 to hit your AC plus four.
1: Uh, That wouldn't hit my AC regularly. So
0: no. So this crossbow bolt uh, skitters past you. Romario, who is already a little like stunned in that, like, oh, why are you going that way? Um, Suddenly goes, why are
1: you suddenly sprinting forward? Why are you sprinting
0: away? (laughs) (laughs) as this crossbow bolt goes firing. Um, however, from around the uh, the corner, you can hear this, this shout of, chase it, we've been found. Well, so much for them being kobolds. That takes us to, technically speaking, the first round of combat. So uh, count Hennessy Uh
1: So Hennessy has a moment to think, thank goodness he said he has friends, because that helps me greatly. Um, and uh, Hennessy's gonna go ahead and uh, pull a little vial out of his uh, bandolier pop the cork on it and drink a potion of blur. Okay. I am
0: blurred. Very well. You are blurred.
1: Uh, Okay. And then check this
0: down. Your form uh, shifts and distorts hazes as it were.
1: uh, Yeah. And then this guy is still in the shadows. I was able to tell what square he was in.
0: The fact that you can't see him at all leads you to believe that he's in the furthest corner. Okay. Um, Because if he was in any other square, he would be at least partially in the light from uh, Romario's torch.
1: Okay, I'm going to, uh, I guess guess Hennessy's free action will be, Mr. Alcasti, we seem to be under attack.
0: Uh, uh, yes, I would say so. He seems very offended.
1: He says, looking at Hennessy's, like, you know, blurred, like, you know, the the Flash, uh, (laughs) persona.
0: And while you cannot actually see over there... You do hear the scampering of feet as somebody uh, quickly darts out of that corner and seems to begin running down the hallway on the opposite side of the column from where from where you are.
1: Okay, that's
0: uh, Seemingly fine. running away from you.
1: Hey, that's fine. Run away. Uh, that brings to, us take to take uh, me to the rest of your uh, your party here.
0: <laughs> take me to the rest of this gang of people. That brings us to uh, Romario, who will. Uh, I'll actually go ahead and move up alongside of you, eyeing down that passage, um, bringing a little bit of light with them, but uh, not moving in pursuit immediately. (sighs) This guy. Yes, I suppose then we will have to do this and bring these, uh, uh, these miscreants to justice, like the knights of old, as it were. You and I, sir, fighting side by side.
1: Less talking, more stabbing.
0: Oh uh, no, I have to talk because I'm now inspiring courage plus 1.
1: Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to use my perform here, here oratory I you were to do a it. You're just blow hard, sir.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I I am also blow hard, but I do inspire courage as I blow hard. He pulls out a little trumpet and blows hard. <laughs> nope, perform oratory, so. Hey, all right. You <laughs> like know the what? Knights I'll, of old.
1: I'll take it.
0: Uh yeah, so uh, he does inspire uh, courage plus 1, so plus 1 to hit and damage for uh, good old Hennessy. And that takes us from Mario to Round 2 of combat. Count Hennessy D'Insardi.
1: All right. Well, uh Hennessy is going to uh go past uh, Alkesti and go after our um, 20, 25. Can I see oh, Rounding a the corner right
0: there. up ahead. You see a small figure again, halfling sized. Not a kobold though, covered in a thin layer of white fur with bright red eyes. This twitching rat-like snout and a long, sinuous, rat-like tail coming out from behind of this, obviously three foot tall, bipedal rat person.
1: Okay, he's a- That quickly
0: begins scampering into the darkness up ahead.
1: He's a rat folk, okay.
0: Ah, didn't have rat folk on your list.
1: Nope, I didn't. Um, Okay, Uh, so Hennessy, let's see, how far away am I from these guys? Uh, That is, he is 35 feet away, so that's gonna be in my second range increment, but Hennessy pulls out a little circular um, potion vial, Pops it open, pops open a second vial of amber liquid, pours it into the um, the first, caps it, shakes it, and throws at this man as I throw a bomb at him.
0: <laughs> ah, bombs, bombs, got bombs. Alchemy! Alchemy, <laughs> madness. Unlimited
1: power as long as it'll fit in a bottle.
0: That's um, true. okay true. Unlimited power equal to class level plus intelligence modifier.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I roll another perfect 20, count them, Three perfect 20s so far in this quest. Don't ask how it happened for a 25 to hit the rat man.
0: A 25 will hit threat. Roll to confirm as you My throw a bomb goodness. at this man.
1: Okay, there's that. Okay, okay, return to normal. I roll a two on the confirmation <laughs> for a seven. Does a seven hit his touch AC?
0: <laughs> a seven will not hit his touch AC. However, the perfect 20 does automatically strike your target as you, uh, you hurl this bomb across the distance.
1: All right. Uh, may may so. in
0: fact be the first time a bomb has ever been thrown in these uh, these crypts.
1: Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, okay. So first off, the man's going to take man, woman. I'm not really sure his gender, their gender. Um, nine points of um, <laughs> fire damage uh, and need to make me a fortitude save as the effervescent uh, whiskey smell seems to just uh, permeate <laughs> his uh,
0: olfactory senses. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and make this. So hold on. Ooh, that's a good roll, though. Uh, I am looking at a 19. Uh,
1: that should save 16. Yeah, so uh, 16's my DC.
0: However, uh, regardless of the effects that that was supposed to have, as this uh, this cloud of, of whiskey breath explodes in every direction from uh, the blast radius of this, the hallway reeks of fireball. Fireball whiskey.
1: Oh no! I, sa- I, save-, I save the cinnamon aspect for, uh, for my fire belly spell.
0: You do, however, <laughs> um, blow the rat folk entirely <laughs> off of his feet as this ball <laughs> blasts into him, launching I'm- him I'm forward. Remario gives skips me like, some, some
1: inspiration. I just run up and blow this man up, and he's remordo just Remario's like, just well. in there
0: like, "Good God, man!"
1: Then <laughs> he just tur- turns around to him for a second and just, like, just brushes his hands off for a second. <laughs> well, should we go find his friends?
0: Uh, uh, yes, I-, I suppose we shall. Taking us from uh, Count Hennessy uh, to that rat folk.
1: To the exploded rat folk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who uh, fails to stabilize. Uh, taking us from the oh, exploded rat him, folk. Oh, kill him! kill him. Hey, all right. No, no, he's just in a bad way.
1: Sadly, he's not saving and tipsy. For those curious, I am playing a mixologist alchemist, so I add liquor to my <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, brews to make them more potent and or get people drunk.
0: Mmm, how decadent.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> how denzarnay. Uh,
0: Romario, will go ahead and uh, follow in your wake there, though. He'll move up, uh, standing alongside of you with Rapier in hand, ready in an action. He's not going forward.
1: Well, no, I wouldn't expect him to.
0: Uh, do me a favor make me a quick, uh, perception roll.
1: Alrighty. That is a 19 for a 26.
0: Yep. You're, uh, you're killing it with those perception rolls. Ah, <laughs> yeah! So, uh, just before the, uh... Yeah, just as you're looking here as the smoke's flying, as there's that uh, that disturbance directly above it from all the alcohol fumes burning off from this explosion. Through the haze up ahead, you see a figure step out from uh, the very end of the corridor, uh, heft a crossbow, and fire another bolt at you, although you do notice it in time. Well, he wouldn't get sneak
1: attack anyway. He's too far away.
0: It's true, but also just trying to shoot you. I mean, he can try. Oh, uh, might have gotten too cocky. I'm not positive. But that is a 22.
1: A 22 will strike me. I do have a 20% mischance on, though, because I'm concealed because of the blur.
0: That's also a threat, so let's see what happens here. Uh, that's a 92 to get through the mischance. Okay, so he's going to hit me. So that's a hit threat. Uh, no, that's only a uh, an 8 to confirm, so that will not no. confirm. Yep, um, so however, the uh, the crossbow bolt does sell across the distance. Uh, ooh, thunking into your arm for five points of damage Ow. as it hits you and spins you half around. Oh, are, are you all right, my lord?
1: Ah, yes, I've found the other one. That way.
0: Oh, it would seem so, Hennessy yes.
1: weirdly clutching his arm, clearly in pain, somehow kind of smiling through it. <laughs> the thrill of the fight.
0: Uh, that brings us back around to uh, round number three with Count Hennessy.
1: Oh, he's like way far down here. Dang it. All right, well, I'm going to move 30 feet up. Uh, let's you rush see forward. here. The burned oh, rat laying at your feet. 45 feet away from me, this jerk. Um, okay, hang on. Don't want to waste the turn here.
0: So it'd be a minus four if you wanted to throw.
1: I could throw. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll throw another bomb. The beauty of
0: being an alchemist and by the way for the audience out there i do love the alchemist i was
1: gonna say rick played so i gm'd um serpent skull rick played probably Mm. the most op alchemist i've ever seen not necessarily
0: i could have been a lot more op but um
1: i don't know you were destroying stuff like it got ridiculous
0: well that that was the thing is i was the most buff happy alchemist i was the wake up every morning and then hand everyone their morning potions for drink this potion of heroism and check with me in the morning
1: like heather Character had a motif of failing will saves, and every morning here's three potions to drink with your morning yeah. breakfast to make <laughs> it so I could never get them to be failing will saves ever again.
0: I do uh, love a good buff alchemist. It
1: was good. It was good days. Um. Okay. Let's see. I will. Yeah. Sure. I'll. Uh. I'll drink my uh, potion of fire belly. Um. Which has um a nice mixture of whiskey and uh, cinnamon to give it that nice fireball whiskey taste. Um. And go ahead and drink that. I'll have that just in case. Uh. In case it becomes pertinent to have. It lasts for a bit.
0: Sounds good. Um, I did want to mention, just because uh, I should have corrected you about this last turn, and I didn't. So for an alchemist using an extract, which is what you're doing, pulling it and drinking it is one action. is a standard action to do both. Oh, okay. Yeah, so when you're doing the blur, it's it's one action to pull and drink as one. It's pretty much the same as casting a spell.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Okay, that makes sense.
0: So a little bit faster.
1: So I did that right this time by going... You did going... it right
0: this time, but I was just okay. making certain...
1: Um, so, yeah, I move 30 feet down the hall and uh, drink my potion of
0: Firebelly. All right. That takes us from Hennessy to Romario, who makes his way forward, basically still up alongside you. Uh, kind of reaches out with a foot and sort of like kicks to roll over the uh, rat folk. Uh, don't see any sign of any bag or anything large enough for a bust, so they must have it around here somewhere. Uh, filthy As rudents. well as the rest of the things we're trying to retrieve. Oh, yes, of course, but the bust as well.
1: Hennessy oh <laughs> H- 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 tries really hard not to do the Picard face palm in the middle of this fight. This man is too much.
0: Um so the rat folk down at the end of the hall will go ahead and you know what, he'll go ahead and just use an action to reload his light crossbow. Aim and he managed to hit Hennessy last turn, so That's he'll true. go ahead and take another shot at him. Gonna say he's weirdly blurred, you know. The ratful does take a second to like rub his eyes and then Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I i to be fair, I just imagine Hennessy looks kind of like not quite the double vision of being fully drunk, but like that part where everything's a little fuzzy, you know?
0: Yeah. Again, he's almost in like the foreground of a shot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of focus right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's out of
0: focus. <laughs> How am I supposed to shoot this guy? Ooh, this rat folk is rolling pretty good though. That is an eighteen to hit. That will not hit me. You quickly spring out of the way as the bolt goes sailing on past you, um, eyeing down the distance towards this rat folk as that brings us around to uh, Count Hennessy.
1: All right, 30 feet forward. And look at that. I'm in nice... Before
0: you reach that point, oh. I will need you to make a perception roll as you reach the corner.
1: <laughs> Dang it. Why can't they all just cluster up so I can breathe fire on them? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. This is like the ultimate rolling encounter of just one person to one person to one person. (laughs) I'm coming for you. (laughs) Oh, gosh, darn it. Okay. 19 for a 26? (laughs)
0: Jesus. (laughs) What is with your dice? (laughs) How has Foundry turned around so much? Foundry (laughs) is
1: in my favor for the first time in like years. It's like,
0: I like this drunk alchemist. Let's go ahead and make sure he survives. So, yep. Just as you begin to approach the corner, almost stepping forward to get close enough to get this guy within your 20-foot range, is when you notice not just to your right, but also here to your left, another person on either side of the uh, the archway leading into this room. Uh, for a moment, off towards the right-hand side, you can just see the barest glint of a uh, a gleaming the gleaming edge of a dagger in the darkness. Um, as they're still obscured from where you are but you do reach that point before uh, technically speaking before you actually move between them
1: well in that case uh, Hennessy Hennessy like stops up short oh excuse me just does fire belly and just breathes (laughs) out on the one that's closest
0: to him (laughs) just one big one big uh, beer just one big belt just right (laughs) into him (laughs) (laughs) there's the the
1: faint smell of burning and cinnamon (laughs) Uh, so he'll need to make me a reflex save
0: all right, he'll go ahead and try it. That's a 10. I don't imagine a 10 will succeed. 10
1: will not save, so uh, he's going to take a D4 of fire damage. All right. Two fire damage.
0: Uh, uh, uh. uh yeah, you uh, do that slightly. A, that was a
1: count joke right there. I saw that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, you do slightly burn him, though, as you hey. uh, you step forward, uh, singeing the, uh, technically actually got a 12, but I still don't think that would pass, singeing no. the rat folk. Uh, I believe that's it for you.
1: Uh, that is it for me. All right. If these guys would just be kind enough to get in a nice fat cluster for a bombing.
0: That brings us to uh, Romario, who will continue to move up alongside you. Note the uh, the rat off towards the right hand side. Ah, I see. You dirty rats. Scampering <laughs> around here in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> um, steps forward, continues to uh, inspire. And he'll go ahead and take a thrust. He is inspiring himself as well. Ooh, uh, that is a 21, which will strike the rat folk. <laughs> for nine points of damage, nice. as he springs forward, skewers him around the corner as the Ratfolk squeaks, falls back, and collapses into a bloody mass nice. um, as the rapier pierces right through him. Yeah, well, that's what you get for being thieving rats such as you are. That takes us to the next Ratfolk, who lets out a squeak, throws down her crossbow, and holds up her hands. We yield! We yield! The rat folk next to uh, Hennessy, who gets his turn next, also does the same. Hennessy,
1: you uh, like to throw well, I should hope so. You're very outmatched, and I'm just so much spicy food for breakfast, you know. Well,
0: now Mario then. kind of glances towards you, glances back in the direction of them. Are we accepting this?
1: Well, do you want to find your um, bust? I don't see it here, so I assume that our friend, new friends here may uh, lead us to it.
0: Oh, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. We, we, we can. She kind of glances, like, nervously between Romario and Hennessy. Uh, would would I be allowed to see to, to my friends?
1: Oh, oh, certainly.
0: Romario <laughs> narrows his eyes. Uh, if that is what you believe is best, my lord.
1: It is best that we not kill people unnecessarily.
0: He kind of mutters. Go ahead and make me a, a perception roll.
1: He's probably muttering, what the heck is this guy talking about? Uh, four for an eleven.
0: No, he mutters something under his breath, but, uh... The two rat folk quickly go and rush over to attend to their uh, their friends. Actually, the one that you'd blown up stabilized. Hey, cool. Uh, the other one they're able to stabilize after a few moments. We didn't mean any harm. Um, we, we didn't realize that anyone would, would miss uh, a few old things collecting dust.
1: Well, unfortunately, they did, and you did steal from a temple, so shame on you, first off.
0: Well, uh, does it really count? I mean, there's there's not a, there's not a god to answer to.
1: Oh, but see, the law of Taldor says that uh, thieving is bad.
0: Uh, yes, but um, what? She kind of shuffles her feet, kind of glancing around. Again, this entirely white rat folk with uh, with these piercing, you know, almost uh, albino, um, these bright red eyes like an albino rat. Um, but uh, d- did not Aerodin himself once walk the world as a thief?
1: That's not true,
0: right? Uh, you can make a knowledge religion if you so wish. That
1: doesn't feel right. Ah, four for a nine. We're out of... Co- the combat's done. My rolls are, are trash again. All is well in the world.
0: You're, you have no idea. You haven't really studied Aroden much.
1: Well, Aroden's not here right now. So, um, I believe the laws of Tal'Dor are going to be superseding any, um, well, missing gods edicts, shall we say.
0: Well, um, I mean, the items never left the temple. Um, maybe we could just, uh, just part ways as friends. We give you back your things and uh, we go about our business. We we didn't mean to really hurt anyone, and and, and we wouldn't have uh, have have killed you or anything. We we definitely don't want the attention that, uh, um, um, kind of gestures towards you. Uh, if we we know if it reached the surface that a noble died, uh, Opar's guards would storm the tunnels. Um, we didn't really mean any harm to anyone. We just they were just sitting around and collecting dust.
1: Be that as it may, unfortunately. The laws of Tal'Dor are very clear on this. Even though technically it didn't leave the property, it did leave the hands of its caretakers.
0: Yeah. Uh, I believe attempted
1: theft is still theft.
0: That is very much true, my lord. And whether or not the priests decide to uh, press any charges pertaining towards this or not is up to them. But in the meantime, the return of uh, my future property would be uh, quite in order.
1: And the church's other property...
0: Yes, yes, and the other um, church items as well. Uh, uh, okay, well, it, it's, uh, it was worth a shot. You're taken from there um, to a back room, uh, not too far basically back from where you are right now, around the corner where you can see uh, two large lion statues flanking either side of a large statue of the god Aridin, um staring down over all of you. In front of that is uh, laid out a number of items of varying degrees of value. Although immediately easily determined amongst them is the bust of a sharp featured young woman, even cast as she is in bronze. You can see the almost determined look to her eyes and line of her mouth of what you consider to be a career soldier. The type that tend to be very, very straight laced until they've had more than a few drinks in them Uh, along the wall off towards your left hand side. You can see uh, basically along the wall opposite of where the statue of Aroden is. 12 different depictions of the god Aridin. Um, Each a one a thief of them, among those? <laughs> each one of them showing uh, what appears to be a poor man, a uh, man in leather clothing with a uh, half mask pulled up over his face, um, a fisherman, a man with a bow, like obviously a hunter, a man in simple clothing with a shepherd's crook, the same man, again, still Aridin, uh, with a pitchfork. Aroden depicted in armor with a sword, a version of Aroden depicted holding a set of scales, a version of Aroden seemingly with a tailor's tape wrapped around one hand. Uh, Next to that, a version of him with a craftsman's hammer and tools. Next to that, a uh, version of Aroden with a easel tucked under his arm. And then the last one, uh, Aroden in scholar's robes with a scroll.
1: God of humanity. God of humanity. humanity can be boiled down to 12 archetypes.
0: Yep, it is these 12 archetypes. They are the archetypical versions of humanity. Yep. But Romario quickly makes his way over, picks up the, uh, the bust. Ah, exactly what I needed. Uh, well then, I suppose we should return these other items to the, uh, the priest upstairs.
1: Indeed. And as for, um, the four of you... Yes. We will, uh, have to turn you into the guard, of course, but I will not press charges for the damage done to my person.
0: Romario kind of glances back, glances back towards him. And you should do something better with your lives.
1: Naturally. It's, it's t- Taldor, like, uh, how common are rat folk? I imagine they're not very common.
0: Um, On the surface, not exceptionally common. There are some rat folk that live in warrens uh, underneath the city streets.
1: Okay. So it's not like these are the only four rat folk in the entire town.
0: No, unlikely. But again, it's kind of like the towns that have goblin tribes that live inside the sewers and all the rest yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just in Taldor, it's actually much more common for it to be rat folk.
1: Okay. Well, if I'd known that, I would have guessed rat folk.
0: <laughs> well, now you know. It's a learning experience.
1: I know. Teach me to assume it's kobolds like it is in <laughs> most of the world.
0: You turn, you make your way back out, uh, navigating through, uh, bringing these, uh, these rat folk with you. Uh, again, Murmario doesn't have any rope or anything else like that, but if you have some rope, you can uh, you know tie their hands together and at the very least take their weapons away.
1: Do I have rope? I do not have rope.
0: I didn't prepare for this adventuring day.
1: Well, I have an adventurer's kit, but the alchemist's kit doesn't come with rope, and I didn't see a reason to carry any.
0: <laughs> ah, you didn't know you'd need to tie up some rat folk.
1: Well, uh, here's what I'm gonna—I would say—is I imagine these are fairly uh, large items, so I'm going to uh, pull my crossbow and basically like guard them, pulling the stuff together, and then like going up, and then we can cu- we can send somebody down to get the other two of them. Fair enough. They're gonna help return what they stole. Dang it!
0: <laughs> you force the rat folk uh, through the uh, the secret passage. You return back to the artifact room. Brother Valicus is still there starts when you suddenly, two rat folk, come crawling out before you come out after them. <laughs> Laden with goods. Oh, I wasn't expecting your return so quickly, my lord. Oh, you, you appear to be injured.
1: Oh, merely a scrape. A misunderstanding, you see.
0: Standing next to this man is a very tall... You would honestly use the term, and again, you are nobility. A regal-looking man.
1: Oh, high priest is here.
0: This man probably stands at about maybe 6'2 or 6'3". His hair is a platinum white. His eyes are a piercing shade of blue. You would guess this man to be... It's very hard to tell what his actual age is. Judging by the fact that were he strictly human, um, you would consider him to be probably in his late 50s or early 60s. Although judging by the, um, the size of his eyes and the point of his ears, you're going to guess that he has some elven heritage. So for all you know, he may be a hundred years old. For all you know, he may have been worshipping Aroden and getting spells once upon a time.
1: He was worshipping Aroden when it was still cool to do that.
0: Yeah, when it was still profitable to do that. Also profitable. But he wears fine robes of uh, white trimmed with gold. Carries at one hip a large tome that's basically attached to a chain along the binding of the tome. The tome itself bearing the Eye of Aroden symbol. The man inclines his head as uh, you exit as well as... uh, Romario Alcasti, I understand that you are Count Hennessy of House Densarni.
1: That is correct.
0: Uh, It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. I am Father Basri, High Priest of the Faith of Aroden.
1: A pleasure to make your acquaintance, Father.
0: Of course. It would seem that our uh, thieves have been apprehended.
1: Quite. We did find these two as well as two more uh, in the basement of this area. There appears to be a... um... Shrine as well as um, burial niches. Um, I wasn't able to read what they were, but I assume they are maybe former high priests or something of the like. Uh, these individuals here um, seem to have acquired the items that went missing, though they did not remove them from the property.
0: I see. He glances over the, uh, the rat ratfolk who kind of keep their eyes down. Well, it would seem that uh, both of the two of you. He glances over the two rat folk have gotten into a great deal of trouble down here. However, the property has been returned to us. Lord Dinzarni. are you planning on pressing charges against these two?
1: I am not. This was a, a mere misunderstanding, you see, and I, I would say they came out the worse for it.
0: That is very magnanimous of you, my lord. Well, hmm.
1: there was no long-term damage done. The artifacts appear to be unscathed.
0: I will report them to the guard. However, if you did this, He steps forward, takes a knee, as almost this, like, getting to eye level, but a surprising sign of uh, respect or at the very least compassion for a high priest. If you did this out of a matter of desperation, the Church of Aroden is open to all. Aroden was the god of humanity, is true. But he supported all people and wished for the betterment of the world. Perhaps you may find a place here as well, if the guards choose to be so lenient. But our faith requires that we... Do report this infringement, but if Lord Densarni is already expressing his desire for leniency, it would be uncouth for us not to do the same. The Rat Folk Woman nods. And I suppose then is the matter of this, this bust? Yes. Romario steps forward. I would be very interested in, uh, procuring it, as I have, uh, repeatedly stated to your, uh, under-priest. He glances in the direction and of the, the stage, brother.
1: Kind seems like tries not to stage whisper brother, and like again it's like, oh, this guy.
0: The father nods. Mm, thank you for returning these relics to us, and I think that we can consider this one to be a reward to you for your hard work. Again, we are most appreciative. May I offer the blessings of Aradon to you? Well, certainly. He nods. He cures some holy water. Again, you assume that they purchase, since they can't cast the spell <laughs> oh, to create it. So
1: sad precept to purchase holy water.
0: <laughs> but anoints both uh, you as well as uh, perhaps the future Lord Acosti giving their blessings to you. Uh, and in fact, provides you, if you would so wish, with a uh, holy symbol of uh, the god Aroden.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. Hennessy will take that. Yeah. He's more of a Caden man himself, but, you know.
0: Yeah. As you, you finish this, the the father leaves. Um, the brother thanks you profusely for your assistance. Romario you know, heads outside with you.
1: I suppose he will tell the brother that, like, oh, by the way, it's really spacious down there. You could, like, you know, <laughs> look to move some stuff into the entryway down there. <laughs> like, you can store some, some boxes away. down there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you can really maybe just take the uh, the thing off of that and maybe mark that that's a secret passage or something, you know, in your notes so that somebody knows it's there.
0: I always love a faith that's so secretive that they forget the secret rooms in their own temples. Yep. But as Romario leads you out, um, he smiles. Thank you very much, Lord Danzarni for your assistance today.
1: was happy to help, Mr. Alkesti. Do remember, of course, should your case go in your favor of Lady Marilla, because oh, she's the one who connected us.
0: Absolutely. I would not forget the uh, the sheer multitude of things that Lady Marilla has already done to aid me, and uh, continues to do so. And I will likely need to be leaving Opara's uh, fine... Uh, Hole soon, as I do need to travel to uh, investigate a little bit further into my family's case. But this a holds up the bust. She was a true champion of Taldor, and this will help Taldor remember her the way that they should have. And perhaps when next we meet, my titles will be restored, and uh, the inheritor for Countess Onaria Alcasti will be perhaps a future count as well.
1: Well, I do wish you luck in your case, sir.
0: And I, you perhaps, if you would not be opposed to it, um, I would be happy to uh, to partake of some of your obvious wisdom, being a noble of such standing as you are. Um, I know a few fine places that we could get a, uh, a rather exquisite dinner for this uh, evening. Oh, gosh.
1: Is the one skill that I didn't put anything in a sense motive? <laughs> <sighs> I knew I was missing something. Oh, ah, geez. Um, I'm going to roll it anyway. I want to roll a sense motive. Is this guy hitting on me? Dang it. (laughs) I roll a natural (laughs) one.
0: He is a sphinx. He is an unreadable (laughs) statue.
1: Oh, gosh. Hennessy shrugs. Well, I suppose if you're amenable, I would be happy to partake of anywhere as long as they have strong drink. I find strong drink makes for the best conversations.
0: He smiles, nods. And uh, on that little bullet point, as the two of you walk out of the... uh, the Basilica of the Last Man, and back into the uh, the streets of Opara. We'll pick it up here with a different player and hero next time.
1: Oh, man. Ba-da, 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 is is, is Romario in all of them, or is it a different person for each one of these? Uh, Romario's in all of them. He's, uh, he's oh, the through okay. line for this story. We'll see if he, uh, if he shows a better face <laughs> in the next ones, because he was uh, not the best person, according <laughs> to my notes.
0: Let me put it this way: as long as you don't inform Jessica of this at lunch. But let me put oh, it this way: I'm not way. tell her anything. Yeah. Uh, Jessica is the next up in line, and he does have to go and deal with the, uh, as he refers to it, the tree worshippers of the Verudian forest.
1: <laughs> She's gonna eat him alive, man! She's gonna eat him alive. Alright, I'm gonna have to listen uh, to these episodes when they come out because this was delightful, Rick. i yeah, was a lot of, a lot of solo fun play, with this. like with just yeah. one player, right? Like this was a lot of fun.
0: It's a good back and forth. It gives you a chance to uh to, to play with this. And it, I feel like it gives a really good chance of uh of getting to know a character, um, when it is that character is the sole spotlight for that.
1: Yeah, for so, sure. Uh
0: getting an idea of uh who the character of Hennessy is and uh uh what makes him tick. What makes him so different and unique from uh the Knights of Summer. This uh this outsider, this uh Uh, Warrior of the Sovereign Court.
1: Yep, Master of Explosions and Heavy Drink.
0: Yeah. So again, thank you to uh, all of our listeners. Uh, we will not be doing specific patron shout outs for this because it would just be two people. Um, and instead, we'll just uh, kind of and make each up for that. you to be
1: in a group of five or six.
0: <laughs> it's true. I mean, we did do like only three people once before when we had Ross. But uh, but I did want to take an opportunity to, of course, shout out to all of our patrons. It is because of uh, all of you that I have time because I, I did a lot of reworking of this uh this specific adventure uh and in fact the map that we used for this is uh is 100 a a rick sandage original i uh, completely created said map and it looks so great, uh, by the way if you, oh, if you guys you. can't see it effort. but it looks
1: like it looks like a paizo map it looks fantastic
0: i was very happy with actually I'll, I'll even show you that uh the audience at home can't see it but um i even made the map bigger than it needed to be so there's actually a secret passage back here i had no intention of using but that led to a completely what? separate room that had a crypt and all the oh, rest of that stuff. Oh, that's so cool, man! And this map will be actually made available to our uh, our patrons um, for anyone on the patron. Then it will actually even have a little mini dungeon that I'm writing to go along with it. Um, so if you're uh, if you're looking for a mini dungeon to throw at somebody with only like five rooms or so, it's always nice to have a dungeon in your back pocket. Uh, ready to go in case the uh, the need should arise.
1: Yeah, no, this one was really cool. Um, I en- I enjoyed the layout of this one.
0: Uh, regardless, though, I do hope that everyone has enjoyed having this uh, this little look at these uh, these characters, and uh, maybe getting a little bit of an idea of uh, not just a taste for the rest of Taldor, as uh, you'll be exploring uh, more and varied places in Taldor, and spoiler, even beyond Taldor <gasps> with some of these. We're leaving Taldor. Taldor adjacent.
1: Oh goodness.
0: I'm hoping that this will allow everyone to kind of uh, really get an idea of who these characters are and uh, see a separate side of the same story, um, a separate part of the same narrative in much the same way that I feel like the Faded Tales gave a different perspective from the doorkeepers and Mummy's Mask. Getting another perspective even from another group of uh, maybe differently spoiled nobles
1: oh yeah trust me we're still spoiled nobles that didn't change
0: <laughs> but thank you all for joining us and uh again i do want to uh take a second to thank all of our patrons uh and before the end of this i would like to of course shout out to our uh, find the Tat path to your patrons for their continued patronage and support uh, it is uh, thanks to their generous support uh in addition to everyone else that we are able to uh that i'm able to take the time to learn how to use a map making program and uh pull these maps out uh so i would like to thank uh andrew miller and her Braden Worrell, elliot brown eric and lisa junker gary s ian date jessica vetterly jim c joshua saldana kevin Etterfe, lewis ellis siren roll and tj khan and thank you to everyone listening and check back next time um, as another player uh takes the four and uh dives into the next part of this uh honors echo
1: i don't know about you guys but i'm excited for what's coming up
0: you should be
1: I won't be part of it but I can be excited for it
0: I'm very excited to see what happens after I give everyone one episode to establish their characters and then I and then have all of you in the room together, together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great it's gonna be great well yeah
0: God what's going on here <laughs> yep Hennessy's just drunk passed out in the corner uh, yep, and until that's next right. time good luck Pathfinders
1: bye Pathfolk oh man that was a lot of fun man I enjoyed it that was a lot of enjoyment
0: Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Or for the Crown is copyright 2018. Or for the Crown and the Pathfinder Venture Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.